We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com podcast. I am Trevor Lane, and it is game day. We've got Lakers versus Knicks tonight. Can the Lakers keep it rolling and get another win? Picked up that massive win against the Boston Celtics, an uplifting performance, an inspiring performance. Now, can they do it again against the Knicks? Of course, all eyes on Anthony Davis and LeBron James, both listed as questionable currently at the time of this recording for tonight's game. We'll see if those two guys can play, and if not, can the Lakers somehow conjure a little more magic and pick up a win against a red-hot Knicks team after doing it against the Boston Celtics? I can't See, I can't even say that without smiling. The Lakers went into Boston without LeBron and AD and beat the Celtics. Ah, so amazing. So fantastic to see. Loved it. Loved every second of that game. That was absolutely fantastic. Well, okay, I loved almost every second of that game because there's one moment that we do need to talk about that happened with Jared Vanderbilt. And unfortunately, I think this could be a pivotal moment for the Lakers season. It could completely shift what their goals are at the trade deadline. I am not overselling this. This may change everything for the Los Angeles Lakers. And of course, I'm talking about Jared Vanderbilt's injury. Yes, we do have a game tonight. Again, it is Lakers-Knicks tonight. Uh, 5.30 Pacific time start. We will be on playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. That's where you can find the game to watch it directly with us. If you want to hang out, just listen to our play-by-play, hang out and chat. We're going to be right here on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Lakers Nation. So either place, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation, youtube.com slash Lakers Nation. You can hang out with us during the game. Hopefully, again, fingers crossed, the Lakers can get another W. Um, but I'm going to do a, a uh, Dear Darvin segment, breaking down my key points for the game, what it is that the Lakers really need to do in order to win this one. So be on the lookout for that. If I keep it under a minute, it'll be out as a short. If not, it'll be out as a regular video. You never know. I have a hard time keeping anything under a minute when it comes to talking Lakers basketball. So, yeah. If it, if it works out, you'll see it on the shorts. Otherwise, it'll be in the video section. And uh, I've got a few things that I need to say in that one. So, dear Darvin, that'll be coming out in just a bit. Uh, before I get to all of that, though, of course, we need to talk about this Jared Vanderbilt situation. So, here's where we're at. And unfortunately, this segment is titled Replacing Vando. Yeah, I, I and I wish it was not. I wish that this segment was simply... Jared Vanderbilt's return, but here's the latest uh, on the situation. We've got 
Uh, this is coming from Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. Jared Vanderbilt will undergo more extensive consultation in the coming days on his midfoot area to determine the full extent of the injury and whether a season-ending procedure could become necessary, sources said. So the news that broke yesterday was that Jared Vanderbilt was going to be out for several weeks, and then Woj followed it up with this. This was my fear. Uh, when Woj initially reported the news, it was that the Lakers were awaiting further results, that they were going to have to you know, do more testing and everything and figure out if it would need to be longer than several weeks. Well, at this point in the season, we're now into February, longer than several weeks could mean your season's over, right? That, that could be that. Now, if it's several weeks, we could also be looking at post-All-Star break, right? We could be talking about end of the month, maybe. Jared Vanderbilt is, is back, and in that case, that wouldn't be so bad. It's not ideal, of course, but wouldn't be so bad. And uh, and the nice part is the All-Star break, you don't play games for a week. So that's nice, too, because then you're not... He's healing up and not missing games during that stretch. So that's the upside, right? That's the the best-case scenario now would be Jared Vanderbilt. Several weeks, maybe he's back end of the month, something like that. I don't know. That's, that's best case as I can see. But this possibility being out there, um, season ending... Well, the Lakers have not had the best of luck, and Jared Vanderbilt has not had the best of luck when it comes to injuries this season. And I'll tell you what, it's it's not only is this a gut punch for the Lakers, it's a gut punch for Jared Vanderbilt. You look at, essentially, if he's done for the season with this injury, if he has to undergo surgery or something that would keep him out for the entire season, well, that's I mean, it's kind of a lost season for Jared Vanderbilt, isn't it? Because, yes, Jared Vanderbilt has been playing basketball games for a while now with, with the Lakers. He returned. He had that heel injury that kept him out of the much of the beginning of the season, but then he came back. Kind of. Kind of. And you know what I'm talking about, Lakers Nation. You guys know what I'm talking about. Jared Vanderbilt came back, but he never really came back. He wasn't really all the way back. We got 60% of what Jared Vanderbilt is as a player. He couldn't do the things that he normally does. In fact, he talked about how he came back a little bit early because he felt like the team needed a boost. He was not himself. So I don't look at those games and say, oh, there you go. Jared Vanderbilt, he, he came back. Not really. Not really. Instead, I look at the last five games or so, last five games or so as, um, as actual games when you had Full effect, and and he would probably say he's not, still wasn't at 100%. But I look at the last five games or so as you really had Jared Vanderbilt back. He returned to action December 2nd. So that's, in theory, that's two months of Jared Vanderbilt playing games, playing basketball. But really, I don't think he's actually been back, back until end of the month of January, the last week here, week plus. That's when we've really seen Vando start to make an impact. You think about that Golden State Warriors game that he had playing 41 minutes in, in that one. Uh, before that, the game against the, the Bulls, I thought, was another solid performance from him. So Jared Vanderbilt, again, we've gotten like five games of really Jared Vanderbilt back. Otherwise, he's kind of been out there but not been himself. So in that sense, if Vando's season is over, I look at it as we got like five games. Of, of the true, real Jared Vanderbilt, the kind of Jared Vanderbilt that we were expecting to see 
this season that we were counting on seeing this season. And this is particularly problematic for the Lakers if indeed his season is over because, well, who else do you have? Like tonight, tonight's game. Who's going to defend Jalen Brunson? Beats me. I mean, probably going to be D'Angelo Russell or Austin Reeves. That's probably not going to go well. Torian Prince? Yeah, I mean, I have a feeling Darvin Ham's going to put Torian Prince on him at some point. That's not going to go well. Who do you have? Like the, the next guy that you would turn to is Cam Reddish. He's also hurt. Now, he, he should be back relatively soon, but still, he's also out. So what are the Lakers going to do here? What do you do now? I think this shifts everything. First of all, first question is, because I've seen a lot of Lakers fans out there saying, that's it, season's over. Just give up. It's done. It's over. Like, we're just coming off of the most inspirational win of the season, the most feel-good win of the season. And you lose Jared Vanderbilt, people just go, that's it, I quit. Really? Like, I get it. It's devastating. It's brutal. It hasn't been an inspiring season overall. It's not like you've been watching this team saying, yes, this team is dominant. If they can just stay healthy, they're winning a championship. No, it's been a roller coaster. It's been up and down, probably more down than up. It's been a frustrating season. I get it. Nerves are frayed in that sense. But coming off of that win against the Celtics, we're going to take a Jared Vanderbilt injury with time to go before the trade deadline and say, that's it. We're throwing in the towel. Uh-uh. No. Not me. And not you either. Shouldn't be anyway. The Lakers will have opportunities to potentially fix this. So the first hurdle, though, is do you want to fix it? Do you want to fix this if you're the Lakers? Do you believe that you can fix this? Now, LeBron James came out and through his agent, Rich Paul, said, we don't want to trade. Not asking for a trade. That's it, right? That silly rumor that was going around about LeBron potentially being traded. Squash that. Okay, great. We're back in LeBron mode. How's it going to look if you go to LeBron and say, hey, uh, God, you know, LeBron, we we lost Vando. Vando's gone. Uh, the team's been kind of underperforming. Cam Reddish is out. You really need another defender. But um, we want to keep the picks all the way until uh, until the summer. And then we'll see what next year looks like. When you're, uh, when you're how old are you going to be? Oh, 40. <laughs> Let's see what that looks like. Rather than do anything to maybe give you a shot this year. If you're LeBron James, you're thinking, just get me there. Just get me there. Get me to the playoffs. Get me healthy to the playoffs with AD, and let's see what happens. And let's see what happens. We've seen what this team can do. They can turn it up. We saw them do it in the in-season tournament. Now, I know that feels like a lifetime ago, but we just saw this again against the Celtics. Was that an outlier shooting performance? Yes. Was that an outlier rebounding performance? Yes. But we also saw a spark of fire in this team that Frankly, we question whether or not it existed. So when you've got all of that, I don't think the answer to the question is, do we bother trying to fix this is no. I think the answer is yes. I think you try to fix this, especially when this is the team that just last year, the trade deadline showed how different things can be after the trade deadline. That's why I've already started my series breaking down what we should be rooting for every night for the Lakers to move up in the standings. That's over on X. Find me at Trevor underscore Lane. I'm also putting it over on threads at Trevor Lane NBA. Every day I put out a post breaking down. These are the games tonight. These are the results we want to see. I'll admit the first go round did not go well. We got we got one result that we wanted to see, and that was the Suns losing to the Hawks. Uh, that happened last night. But 
we're in that mode right now. The Lakers are not out of this. They're in the nine seed. It's not ideal, but it's not out of the question for them to move up either. So how do you replace Jared Vanderbilt? Because I think this is really important for this Lakers team. You need a point of attack defender, and that was Jared Vanderbilt. Now, can he chase quick guards that go through a ton of screens like Steph Curry? Eh, not really, but he's also your best chance. He's your best chance, and he can defend the hell out of guys like Luka, like Paul George, Kawhi, all the big wings that you're going to have. That's what Vando's role was going to be. I don't know that you can replace that exactly. I think what you need to replace is strictly give me a top-notch perimeter defender. Give me a top-tier perimeter defender. I don't, at this point, I don't care if it's a guard. I don't care if it's a wing. I prefer it to be a wing, but you know what? Looking at the trade market right now, beggars can't be choosers. Go find somebody that can help you out. In case it helps, I compiled a little list. Here's the guys. Here's the players that I'd be looking at if I am the Los Angeles Lakers. And it starts with an old friend, Alex Caruso. Why Alex Caruso? Well, check this out. So the Chicago Sun-Times did a little series breaking down how likely it is that specific Bulls players are going to be traded at the trade deadline. This is what they said about Caruso. Caruso is head and shoulders the Bulls' best asset. Possibly getting back a young player and a protected pick. My eyes lit up at that point. A young player and a protected pick. JHS and a lottery protected first. Done. Done and done. Do the deal right now. Call it in. Call it in. Done. I know the Bulls will actually want more than that, but... Uh, he's also the best player for the Bulls to keep, however, considering a contract that will pay him $9.8 million next season. Unless a team comes in with an offer the Bulls can't refuse, Caruso isn't going anywhere. He is a the culture that Coach Billy Donovan is trying to establish and the hope that they can try working on an extension this upcoming summer. Okay, so again, the Bulls don't want to move Alex Caruso. I think he'd be a great fit for this Lakers team. I love his potential fit in the backcourt, and yes, it is absolutely brutal that there is no reason for this to be the case. There's no reason for the Lakers to be in this situation because he should already be a Laker. We all know this. Yeah, there's no going back and fixing this. I don't have a DeLorean that I can get up to 88 miles per hour with a flux capacitor. Look it up, kids. Um, but Alex Caruso would be a great fit. It would hurt that you'd have to go and give up assets to get a guy that you already had and you had no reason to lose. But let's take a peek at the salaries here. So here's where we're at. This is over on uh, Spot Track. Uh, yeah, Zach Levine sitting there at the top. Nobody's trading for him. Unless maybe it's Detroit or something. Lakers aren't trading for him. But look at this. You got to actually scroll down to get to Alex Caruso on this. Look at his deal. Look at his deal. $9.5 million this season. And he's got a $9.9 million deal for next season, of which only $3 million is guaranteed. It's not even guaranteed. This is the contract that the Lakers said, no, that's that's a bad deal. It's one of the best contracts in the NBA right now. So trading for Caruso is not difficult in terms of matching salaries. A lot of different ways that you can get there. I'm not worried about that. But giving the Bulls enough in return. Do they want JHS when Kobe White has really got going? Do they, do they really want to try to develop another Point guard. Maybe not. Is Lonzo Ball eventually going to come back for them? And then what do you do? Right? 
JHS is an asset that his value will very much be determined by the eye of the beholder. It's going to be a lot of variation across the league for him. So Caruso is an interesting fit, though. And I want to stick with the Bulls for just a moment here because this is not this is a player that that is not a wing, that is not a guard. But before I move away, that you can see the name at the bottom there, Andre Drummond. Here's what the Chicago Sun-Times said about Andre Drummond. So here's what they've got. Contending teams uh, would love the idea of adding Drummond as a backup big and another body to throw at the likes of Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic in a playoff series. The veteran has been a stellar rebound for the Bulls uh, and does have an expiring contract. Don't expect much back. However, maybe a young struggling big and a second round pick at best. Chance of being traded 60%. So the Chicago Sun-Times is saying, hey, Andre Drummond's probably getting traded. More likely than not, the Bulls are going to trade him. Great. I think the Lakers need another big body. Apologies to Jackson Hayes, who had a phenomenal game against the Celtics. If he, over the next couple of days, if he runs off a string of games like that, okay, maybe you change. Maybe so there was some breakthrough and Jackson Hayes has figured something out. But I am not personally... I'm not taking one game from Jackson Hayes and saying, that's it. That's what he is now. That game against the Celtics is simply is what Jackson Hayes has now become. That's not what I'm doing. If I'm the Lakers, I think you still need another backup big, particularly since Hayes is not the physical presence that you're going to need in the paint. So if you can go get Andre Drummond, I know we're talking Alex Caruso here, but if you can get Andre Drummond in a deal with Caruso, you might be able to kill two birds with one stone here or two stones with one bird if you're Chuck Norris. But the bottom, that's right. That's an old Chuck Norris joke. There you go. But this is, I think, an interesting option for the Lakers. If you can find a way to convince the Bulls to come off of Caruso and Drummond in one deal, you could get a lot done to improve this team. Now, What's it going to cost you? Probably your 2029 first. Ideally, you can put some protections on it. Probably a second in order to make up for the drum and part of it. And then we're talking about putting in, maybe it's maybe it is Jackson Hayes that you put into the deal, but you put in a contract, you put in probably Gabe Vincent, and off you go. In fact, you could put in Gabe Vincent and just do the deal as is just about, I believe, would be Drummond and Caruso for Gabe Vincent and the picks. Again, I don't know that the Bulls would do that. I know they're going to have to be kind of overwhelmed in order to trade Caruso, and rightfully so. But that's the first call I'm making. I think it now becomes more imperative that you find that defensive ace, and Alex Caruso would certainly be that. And even if Vando can come back, Caruso's three-point shooting is such that you could actually play the two of them together, and that would be devastating defensively. That would be incredible. All right, the next person that we need to talk about, though, it's Marcus Smart, a player who, uh, according to Jake Fisher, the Lakers actually made some calls on Um, This is a little bit trickier. Now, the Grizzlies don't want to move Marcus Smart. Grizzlies don't want to move him. So this may be a moot point. But if you can convince Memphis to come off of this idea that they don't want to move Marcus Smart, he gives you some similar things to Caruso in terms of just being a big physical guard presence. Again, let's take a peek at the the cap sheet here. Marcus Smart, he's... um, on the, on the books this season at 18.8 million, 20.2 million the following season, 21.5 million the season after that. Uh, 29 years old, Marcus Smart currently, be turning 30. And he's a guy who 
is a former defensive player of the year. I think he'd be a really good fit. The problem is his three-point shooting has not been great this season unless he's playing the Lakers, apparently, because remember that game? But his three-point shooting's not been great. In that sense, Caruso, who's shooting extremely well from three this season, is a better fit. Also easier to trade for Caruso is. Smart, how do you get it done? Well, now you're talking like Rui Hachimura, salary-wise, gets you there, but uh, now you really need Rui Hachimura because Vando's out. And if he's gone, gone, then you really, really need Rui Hachimura. So now we're, we're back to talking D'Angelo Russell. And do you go ahead and do something around D'Angelo Russell? Memphis, if D'Lo declines his player option, they clear some salary moving into the future. You can give them some draft capital. Again, Memphis reportedly does not want to trade Marcus Smart. They pushed back on any offers from the Lakers and from the Bucks, But nonetheless, this does make some sense in terms of giving you that other perimeter defender. Remember, Vando is a wing, but in this case, I don't think there's a bunch of really good wing defenders that are out there and available on the market and in the Lakers' price range. So if I can find a good guard on the perimeter that can defend, you got to be open to it. You need perimeter defense, period, in a bad, bad way right now. And so that's the problem here that we're trying to solve. Uh, again, right now, I expect in the meantime, before the Lakers can potentially make a move, they're going to be turning to Rui Hachimura to play more minutes. You know what's going to happen. Darvin Ham's going to play Torian Prince more minutes too. Uh, when Cam Reddish gets back, maybe he absorbs some of those minutes as well. But none of those guys, with the exception of Cam, are really plus defenders that are going to move the needle there. In fact, the Lakers are going to be at a major deficit defensively until they find somebody that can fill some of that defensive void. So we're probably talking to D'Angelo Russell trade if you go after Marcus Smart, which again, D'Lo's player option is, is a bit problematic as well. All right, let's jump over to the Brooklyn Nets though. We actually have two players that are kind of interesting. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets, you're looking at, uh, at a deal that would involve both uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, well, probably one of Dorian Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neal. That's who you're looking at in, in a deal for Brooklyn. So I almost, I'm scrolling here on spot track and I just, I just instinctively for the Nets, I started scrolling down to N for New Jersey. It's late as I'm recording this. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets, Royce O'Neal at 9.5 million. Not bad, right? Not a bad salary. Now he's not had the best season. Dorian Finney-Smith, meanwhile, uh, at $13.9 million, does have two years left under contract, including this one, and then a player option at $15.3 million. Either one of these guys would help you out a bit on the wing. Dorian Finney-Smith, the bigger of the two players. Dorian Finney-Smith, more of a 3-4 switchy guy that can replace Vando in that sense, whereas O'Neal's more of a guard. Again, has not had a great season. Like I'm not giving up a bunch to get Royce O'Neal, but... Finney-Smith is interesting. There's the rumor out there, though, that the Nets turned down multiple firsts for Dorian Finney-Smith. If they did that, that's ridiculous. Um, if they did that, then they are not interested in making a deal unless they were like two fake firsts that were obviously not going to convey and they were going to become seconds or something like that. If these were real, legit first-round picks, that's not a positive in terms of uh, it being a sign that the Nets are actually going to make a deal. But Dorian Finney-Smith, I think, would be really interesting to help you out on the wing, can shoot the three well enough. So again, even if, fingers crossed, Jared Vanderbilt turns out to be okay, he could actually form a pretty good duo with Dorian Finney-Smith defensively. I 
I don't think he he doesn't completely replicate what Jared Vanderbilt would bring. Yes, he's a wing, but Vando is that endless energy. He's all over the place. He's a he's just controlled chaos out there on the court. And there's a beauty to that part of his game. That's not exactly what Dorian Finney-Smith is, but he is a pretty versatile defensive player that can switch among multiple guys. And so I think he would make a lot of sense as a direct replacement for Jared Vanderbilt. But again, if that asking price is multiple first and that was offered and the Nets are still saying no, that, that can make it tough. That can make it tough. So those are, and again, I wish I had more options to, to bring to you here. I wish I, I could say, hey, there's like 10 wings out there that the Lakers can turn to. But the fact of the matter is, 3 and D style wings, which is what we're talking about here, what you're looking for, they're not easy to find. They're just not. And teams who have them tend to not want to get rid of them. It's a reason why these guys tend to get paid more than other positions do because they're so difficult to find and because they're so important for defensive schemes in today's NBA. The last thing I'll say is what does all this mean for the, the DeJounte Murray trade front? What does this mean for that? Because Murray is kind of like Marcus Smart. He's an upgrade defensively. He's an upgrade defensively for the Lakers at the guard position. Again, that doesn't replace what Jared Vanderbilt does. But without Vando, does it become more important that you just have positive defenders on the floor? And while Murray is not a great defender, Marcus Smart is certainly the better defender by far. Alex Caruso is the better defender by far than DeJounte Murray. Of course, Jared Vanderbilt is a much better defender than Murray. He would still be a step in the right direction. So how important is it now that you at least improve your perimeter defense? Does that give the Lakers more incentive to try to push to get a DeJounte Murray trade done? Again, I'm still skeptical that this deal is going to happen, but with Jared Vanderbilt being out, there needs to be added urgency to get improvements on the defensive end of the floor, and I think that DeJounte Murray would bring just that. The bottom line, all of this, uh, Jared Vanderbilt may be done for the season. And if the Lakers want to salvage this, they need to replace him. They need to replace him by improving their defense. If they don't, that's going to be a problem. That's going to be a big problem. You cannot, you can't roll into the postseason. You're probably not going to make it through much of the regular season with Torian Prince, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves in your starting lineup with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They would have to go berserk offensively every single night, especially if you don't have Jared Vanderbilt to plug in to cool off some of the team's some of the opponent's best offensive players, if you don't have him anymore and you can't rely on, well, okay, even if we decide we want to start Torian Prince, we're going to play Vando the bulk of the minutes. You don't have that anymore. It's going to be an issue. Now, the only other possibility that I foresee to fix this is Cam Reddish comes back 100% healthy and he's on a heater. And he's got a lot riding on these next few months. He does have a player option for next year, so he's got that security. But his next contract is really on the line here these next few months. So hopefully he comes back fully healthy, and perhaps if Vando is, is indeed out, and I mean out for the season, perhaps Cam Reddish can give you enough defensively. He is not Jared Vanderbilt defensively, but perhaps he can give you enough to weather that storm. That's the only other possibility I see, aside from making a move. I think if anything, what's now happened, the Lakers, their plans at the trade deadline, it was number one in terms of priorities. Number one, go get a more athletic guard 
and probably that was going to be a D'Angelo Russell trade. Go get somebody who can give us more agility, more athleticism in our backcourt. D'Lo, Austin, they both have their pros as players. There's no question, but they don't offer that. So go get somebody who offers more athleticism in the backcourt. Number two was a 3 and D wing. Number three was a backup big. I think one and two have now flipped. I think you need, need, need a 3 and D wing because of this injury to Jared Vanderbilt. And that could completely shift what the Lakers do here at the trade deadline. Man, I wish this conversation was different. I, I really do. I wish that Jared Vanderbilt was good to go and he's fine. And uh, we're not uh, not having this conversation right now. But fortunately, it is what it is. Here we are. And now Rob Palenka has got to figure out a way to fix this and bring in some more defensive talent. All right. Uh, before I get to the mailbag, I do want to talk a little bit about this. So there's something that's going around. There's, you know, Anthony Davis gets selected to the Western Conference All-Star team. And to me, it was no surprise. It was, I mean, it seemed pretty obvious. I didn't think there was any question that Anthony Davis should be. Maybe, I mean, people will say, oh, you're you're biased or or whatever. But AD going to the All-Star game, here's the, the full roster here, seemed like a, a no-brainer. You've got LeBron, who got voted in, He's the captain. Giannis is a captain. And then you've got Luca, Kevin Durant, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Nikola Jokic. There's your starters. And then your, your reserves, Devin Booker, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Anthony Edwards, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Carl Anthony Towns. Look, I don't... I tend to not worry too much about the All-Star game, right? Especially the game itself. Like, I'll pay a little bit more attention to who gets picked. The game itself, if the players aren't going to care about the game, I'm not going to care much about the game. But in terms of who gets picked, yeah, like this matters for legacy and it look, it's a status thing and all of that. But looking at this, I know right now there's some members of the media who are running around saying, well, why why is there not a Sacramento King? Why is a sac why is Sabonis not or De'Aaron Fox not an all-star? Why why would Anthony Davis be an all-star? Because he's better than them. I mean, I don't I don't understand why this is even an argument, why this is even a, a discussion. Now, maybe this is just in general. I disagree with the idea that the team's record should determine who's an all-star and who's not. I think that's a, a bit problematic. Kind of like, I know we talked about him before as being a great defender, Marcus Smart. I thought he had a fine defensive season, but he largely, the season he won Defensive Player of the Year, I thought a lot of that was, it was a team award. The Celtics defensively that season were great. That was a great team defense. Marcus Smart was the best defender on the best team defense. Did that make him the best defensive player in the NBA? No. And then he got the award. We're, we kind of do the same thing here with the All-Star game. We go, oh, well, if the team has a winning record, they need to have X number of All-Stars. And in general, Stars do win in the NBA. So if you're going to have a really good team, typically you're going to have a number of all-stars. But there are instances where a team has a better player and doesn't quite win as many games. Should we be in the business of making guys all-stars simply because the team around them was stronger? The team, the role players that they've got on their team are better, are having better seasons than somebody else's. One guy's outplaying somebody else 
Should the guy who's being outplayed be put on the all-star team simply because their team, they happen to be on a team that's got a better record? No, I, I don't think so. And people will say, well, winning matters. Yeah, it absolutely does. But that brings me to the bigger point here. Because I look at the all-star voting in, in one way. I want the best players. I don't care what their team record is. Give me the best players, period. And I understand if people disagree with that. That's the way I look at it. But why, if we're wondering, Kings fans, some national reporters, if we're wondering why Domitas Sabonis, if we're wondering why De'Aaron Fox are not on the All-Star team, why would you look at Anthony Davis as the guy that you think maybe shouldn't be there? The only argument is record. That's it. That's the only argument. Look, Minnesota has had a great season. Is Carl Anthony Towns better than Anthony Davis? No. He's not had a better season than AD. Has Sabonis had a better season than AD? No. Has De'Aaron Fox had a better season than AD? No. If you want to make the argument that somebody should be replaced, probably Towns? Who's been good? The, the, the Wolves have had a great season. But that's probably the guy you're replacing here. It's not Anthony Davis. Because here's where it's extra, where it's increasingly problematic. I think AD's had a better season than LeBron James. I think AD's been better. So you're going to tell me that LeBron gets in with the fan vote and with the, the and with all the votes coming in, he becomes the team captain. And I'm not saying LeBron shouldn't be an all-star. He should. But if LeBron gets in and AD's had a better season than him on the same team, Anthony Davis should definitely be in. Again, to me, it's just, it's, it's mind-blowing. And, and it makes me wonder how many people have just simply not paid enough attention to what Anthony Davis has done uh, this season, especially on the defensive end of the floor, the things that he's been doing out there night in, night out, and are not giving him credit still for his durability. I know he's been out hurt um, the last couple of games here, but AD, compared to what his reputation is, has been phenomenal. To not give him an all-star berth in order to put De'Aaron Fox in there or put Sabonis in there, very good players, but not Anthony Davis-level players, would be a travesty. That'd be terrible. And again, I'm not somebody who particularly cares that much about the all-star game, but this was something that I noticed. I went, wait, why? Of all the players, Anthony Davis is the guy that we're gonna that we're gonna look at, that we're gonna target, or is that just he's a Laker? So if I say Anthony Davis, that's gonna get more attention than if I should if I say Towns shouldn't be there or something like that. Anyway. Ridiculous stuff there that we're seeing going around right now. All right. I do need to get in the mailbag. Before I do, though, uh, let's give a quick shout out to one of our fine, fine sponsors. We're going to pause for just a moment and give a shout out to our sponsor, and that is Harry's Razors. You know, sometimes in order to get what you want, you got to forge your own path. That's essentially what I did with the LakersNation.com podcast, which you're listening to and watching right now. I didn't know if that if this path was going to lead me to this place, but I knew what it was that I wanted to do. I wanted to talk about Lakers basketball, and that ultimately grew to what we are today, and we're very thankful to have everybody watching and listening. Harry's Razors is not all that dissimilar. They saw the customers were getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they wanted to do something better. 
So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found their own way. They make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. And true story, everybody. Harry's Razors is actually the very first sponsor of the LakersNation.com podcast way back when. I'm talking eight years ago. Harry's was the first company to give us our first sponsorship ad read. I have been using Harry's Razors ever since that time. I actually use the Truman handle. It's absolutely fantastic. Fits great in your hand. Always gives me a close shave each and every time. That's consistency that I love. And you can get a five-blade razor weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and travel cover for just three bucks. Just go to harrys.com slash Lakers Nation. But Harry's does more than just razors. I also love their body wash is fantastic. They've got a great deodorant. In fact, my favorite is the stone scent, but they've got a lot of different options that you can try from. In fact, I got little samples of every single scent so that I could try them all because they all offer something very, very different and very unique. And so I want to kind of settle in on what I really like. Personally, my favorite is stone, but there's a lot of other ones. I really like redwood too. That one is my runner up right now. But Harry's is fantastic. As I said, they've got the razors are great. All the other products in terms of they've got uh, lotions and face care. They've got deodorants. They've got hair care products, all kinds of things that you can find over at harrys.com. So again, don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3. Harry's.com slash Lakers Nation. That's Harry's.com slash Lakers Nation for a $3 trial set. All right, everybody, before we get into um, the mailbag, last thing, again, I wanted to say thank you to all of you guys who are here right now. If you're not a subscriber, please make sure that you do subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. You guys know we've got the trade deadline coming up on February 8th. I'm going to keep you up to date on everything. And uh, over on Apple Podcast, if you guys wouldn't mind giving us that five-star rating and review, that's a great way as well to help out the show. All right, let's dive in here to the mailbag. Uh, Ace of Hearts said, I'm shocked. I usually don't like uh, when people write off the Lakers because of an opponent or injuries, but I did the same tonight, and I'll happily and honestly raise my hand up and say I was wrong. Great job, Lakers. Seriously. You know, that's... He's absolutely right. I mean, this is... That win over the Celtics, it, it's a big deal because it's a win over the Celtics, right? Just the fact that it's a win over the Celtics, it, it's a big deal. But this is a season where... We haven't had very many feel-good moments. Not enough, anyway. And so that win, it 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 just meant more. It just meant more, given how down everything had been, the back-to-back -back losses, and then seeing that kind of fire, that kind of fight out of the team. Now, again, this team's been an absolute roller coaster. They very they very well may come out tonight's game and be completely flat and look terrible and get blown out. You you never know what you're going to get from this team, and that can be certainly frustrating. But yeah. I thought that was, for me, I think that's the high point of the season so far. That went over Boston. I could be surfing. Boston looks like pretenders once again. I sure hope so. Man, I, I've been, for years now, I've been in the mindset of, you know, obviously you want the Lakers to win a championship, but just just please don't give me a, a Clippers-Celtics final. Just don't do that to me. Give me someone to root for because there's no good outcome there. There's no good outcome there. Give me someone to root for in that one. Like if, if it's Denver against the Celtics, I will pull for Denver all day. If it's the Suns 
Give me the Suns. Anybody but Boston. But don't make it be the Celtics and the, and the Clippers. So I'm really hoping. I hope Boston is our pretenders. I hope I get a stress-free finals because they don't even get there. They don't even get there. Now, if the Lakers get there, bring me the Celtics. Let's duel for number 18. Obviously, it's not looking likely right now, but that would be epic. Chef Zach said, was that the game tonight? Oh, Zach, man. Uh, next person to say trade Austin Reeves is going to catch hands. Uh, Lakers Nation represented tonight. Celtics fans walked out with four minutes left. Let's go. And I got to know, like, this is this is really, like, you've got to be a pretty legit, like, late, like a diehard Lakers fan. If you, you hear that LeBron and AD are not playing and you're going to go play the Celtics in Boston, and you're going to show up wearing your Lakers gear. No LeBron, no AD. The Celtics are like a 15-point favorite or something like that. I got to imagine there were some Lakers fans who just went, uh-uh, and sold their tickets. And said, I don't, I don't, I don't need to go see this. But Zach, credit to you, my man. Credit to you. Went to the game anyway. Said it's not likely the Lakers are going to win, but screw it. I'm going to be there. I'm supporting the team. And you got to see what I think was the most memorable game that we've seen probably for years. What a game that was. What a game that was and how great that must have been for the Lakers fans in the building in Boston. Jordan, LeBron said guys need to do their jobs and they delivered. And Austin even said after the game, like that was actually what sparked them. LeBron said, do your job. Uh, was very impressed with Jackson Hayes. I was too. I sure hope that Jackson Hayes can somehow channel this game and, and use this as a springboard into what he is moving forward. I've been very critical of him. I've said that he's unplayable. Um, he's been a guy that I, I was saying the Lakers should move off of by the trade deadline, that they should... Uh, find a way to jettison him to another team, even if they're not going to make a big trade, get his player option off your books for next year. And I'm not going to say that one game from Jackson Hayes changes all of that, but this was fantastic to see. This was great. I, I loved what we saw out of Jackson Hayes in this game, and I hope that's something he can do moving forward. I really do. Uh, Kevin Lee said, when Delo's on fire, he's like Rondo, who can score... Uh, which is what the Lakers need when LeBron isn't on the floor. Do you think Murray could have done the same tonight? So D'Lo is, he's not a Rondo level passer, first of all. Is he the closest to that on this team? That's not LeBron? Yes. Yeah, he is. But he is not a Rondo level. Rondo sees the floor in a way that D'Angelo Russell does not. Now, that doesn't mean D'Angelo Russell's a bad passer because Rondo's one of the greatest players ever in terms of vision, how he reads the game, all that kind of stuff. By no means is that a shot at D'Angelo Russell, right? That's like that's almost like saying, well, this guy's a uh, this guy's a great dunker, but he's not on Vince Carter's level. Well, yeah, because that guy's the greatest dunker ever, right? That that's an insanely high bar. I'm not saying Rondo's the best passer ever, but he's up there in terms of his court vision, his ability to pass the ball is incredible. So D'Lo, when he does have it going, he can be an impact player with his passing. We saw it against uh, against the Celtics. He didn't have the shot falling. He shot poorly. He did hit some threes, which helped, but he didn't have the shot falling. And 
uh, and he was able to still make an impact on that game, which was great to see. Do I think Murray could have done the same? No. But I also think Murray is more, in terms of the passing, but I also think Murray's more consistent with his shooting. He's not going to have as many roller coaster games where one night he goes for 35, the next night he goes for seven or something. One night he shoots great from the field, the next night he's five for 20. Um, that's more the D'Angelo Russell experience. And again, I'm I'm on more on Team D'Lo. I like D'Angelo Russell. I've been saying it since the summer. I, I hope my ideal situation is D'Angelo Russell works out great with the Lakers and he stays on the team. And I, I kind of felt for him when he talked last year about how it's hard for any place to feel like home to him because his entire NBA career, no team has committed to him. No team has said, you're our guy. And there's reasons for that, of course, but he kind of felt for him in that sense. And I really hope, I really like D'Angelo Russell's skill set. I know defensively it's not there, and I know the Lakers contractually, based on the, the deal he's got, they have to explore the trade market with him. They have to. They have no choice. They have to. Have to explore the explore the trade market. doesn't mean you have to make a, a deal or a bad deal. doesn't mean you, you're forced to make a trade, but you got to explore the market with that contract. But Murray's going to be more consistent with his scoring. Murray's going to be the better defensive player. No, he's not going to pass like D'Lo. No, he's not going to shoot the three like D'Lo. There's a, there's a give and take between those two guys. Very different in how they play the game. Uh, this Oh, this is a trade here. Three-team trade. The Lakers get Caruso, Drummond, Royce O'Neal. Okay? The Bulls get Gabe, Max Christie, JHS, and a first. And the Nets get Hayes, Max Lewis, and two seconds. So you're getting Caruso, Drummond, and Royce O'Neal. The Bulls are giving up Caruso and Drummond, and they're getting Gabe, Max, JHS, and a first. I think that's a little too much going to the Bulls, honestly. I think it's a little too much going to them. Uh, the Nets get Jackson Hayes, Max Christie. Oh, sorry, Max Lewis. Jackson Hayes, Max Lewis, and two seconds in exchange for Royce O'Neal. I mean, that's fine. I think value-wise, if, if that's what you're giving up, if you're the Lakers, to get Royce O'Neal. I don't, I'm not, I'm not super high on Royce O'Neal. I like him, but he's 6'4, doesn't have the switchability necessarily that you want in some of the bigger wings and everything. Um, but it's not bad. It's not bad. I'd try some tweaks and things of that nature, but not terrible. Gives you more three-point shooting, more defense for sure. Certainly things that you need out there. And uh, I, I like that you're accomplishing all of this without losing D'Lo. So in theory, you're getting pieces that can make D'Lo and Reeves work on this team while being on the team at the same time. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, everyone deserves star in your role tonight. Yep, for sure. I agree with that. Uh, this one says, this game proves that Ham has no idea what he has. He basically falls into lineups, and we never see those lineups again. The fact that Vando and Rui are on the bench proves his incompetence. Well, again, this is my concern, and I'll mention it in my uh, Dear Darwin segment, but uh, my concern is that rather than this Jared Vanderbilt being out, Wildcam Reddish is out, Rather than that becoming Rui Hachimura's opportunity here, that it's going to mean we're going to see like 35 plus minutes of Torian Prince, which should not be a thing. And I've ranted and raved about that plenty. You guys know how I feel about so many minutes going to Torian Prince, but that's my fear. That's my fear. And I think we've seen some, we've seen some bizarre lineups this season. Let's just, let's call it what it is. We've seen bizarre lineups. We've seen lineups that don't make sense on paper, in practice, in the stats. They don't make sense, uh, especially when there's there's other options that are right there. So that's certainly frustrating. Does Ham have no idea what he has? I don't know if I'll say no idea. He's got just perhaps some different ideas of where it is, of what he is, what he wants to do than what I would have. But that again, I I don't want to criticize him too much. Because I thought he actually coached a really good game uh, against the Celtics, and you got to give him credit for that. That's that's my thing, right? I don't. I'm going to be critical of players, of coaches, of situations, of moves, and things like that when it calls for it. But that's not what I want. I don't want to come on this show. I don't want to sit here with my mic and say negative things. That's not what. That's not me. That's not my personality. It's not what I want to do. I want to say positive things. I want to talk about how great the team is. I want to talk about how great all the decisions they made are. I want to talk about how great players are playing. So I love it when I've been critical of somebody and they come out and they play great or they may, or the coach makes great decisions. Like I love being able to say Darvin Ham coached a great game. I want, I want to do that. I want to be able to do that more often. And I hope that is something that that is coming. I, I will admit I don't have a lot of faith that that's going to happen this season, but that's that's what I want. That's what I want here. Uh, Vinny said, great win. Let's build from here. Murray? Maybe? I, I really think the Hawks and the Lakers are in a staring contest right now, and the Hawks say Reeves are no deal, and the Lakers are going to say no deal. Maybe as this week goes on, the Hawks will come off of that. If not, I don't. I don't think it gets done. 
If the Hawks say Reeves must be in the deal, I don't think the deal gets done. JMC, sit AD and LeBron the rest of the trip. Well, they're going to sit them if they need to sit them due to injuries, but I, otherwise, they're not going to do that. Uh, Joseph said, I'm not going to bash Ham today. F the Celtics. Yep. Hard to bash Ham after that. Just epic win. Uh, I'm not that guy. Please don't fall for this, Lakers Nation. We know, right? We know. We know what this team is right now. We know what they do. We know they'll have great games. Then they'll turn around and have a bad game. They'll get you excited and think that they're back, think that they've figured it out, and then slam you right back into the ground with a terrible performance. We know that. Doesn't mean I'm not going to celebrate the wins, though. Especially, especially a win over those goons in green. Tricksters <laughs> said, will you bring back what to root for this season? I did. It's back. It's back. When this question was submitted, it wasn't back yet, but I uh, started it yesterday. New one's out this morning um, on what needs to happen around the league, and that's what we'll do through the rest of the season or until the Lakers are no longer in the playoff mix. We're going to take a look at what needs to happen for the Lakers to move up in the standings. And you know what? I've had some people... Uh, I had some people who said, you know, this is a lot of people, a lot, and this is obviously why I do it, but a lot of people responded and said, thank you for doing this. We loved this this last year, updating us every day on what we should be watching for around the league, especially once you start getting into tiebreakers and stuff like that, once we get a little further down the road. So, so that's why I do that over on my X account at Trevor underscore Lane. I'll be putting it on threads too at Trevor Lane NBA. But I also have some fans who say, oh, this is embarrassing. The Lakers the Lakers shouldn't be in this situation, right? And all that. If the Lakers were like the three seed, I'd still be doing this, right? And people say, oh, you should just be rooting for Lakers wins. You shouldn't be rooting for other teams to lose. Not necessarily rooting for other... Well, okay, I am rooting for other teams to lose. But it's just math, right? If the Lakers win their all their games, but everybody around them wins too, they're not going to move up in the standings because that's just how, how the math works, right? So you need some things to happen. And again, that's even if the Lakers were like the three seed right now and we're talking all about playoff positioning and stuff, we would still be looking at, okay, here's what we need. If the Lakers want to get up to two, so they've got home court through the second round, this is what they need in order to make that happen. Or, or whoever's the four, the fives trying to chase them down what can they do uh, in order to make sure that they stay at least at the three seed if they don't move up, right? It doesn't matter where you're at in the standings unless you get to a point where you're the one seed and you're so far, everybody else is so far behind in your rearview mirror. Then, okay, you get to a point where, yeah, it doesn't matter. But even if the Lakers were having a great season and they're like the three seed right now and they've looked good, we'd still be doing this. We'd still be looking at how can they solidify their positioning. It's just that right now, we're looking at what needs to happen in order for them to move up. And yes, other teams need to lose. So yes, I'm going to root for those teams to lose because I want the Lakers to move up in the standings. And if the Lakers are just a play-in team, okay, I want them to be a double elimination play-in team. That means being the seven seed or the eight seed, not the nine or 10 seed. I want them to be double elimination. I don't want them to be one loss and they're out. I'd like to see them get through because I want to see LeBron and AD have a puncher's chance. I want to see what happens. If this team's healthy. In the postseason. That's what I want to see. So you can say, well, the Lakers shouldn't be in this position. We shouldn't be rooting for other teams to lose. We shouldn't be counting on other teams to lose. The Lakers should just go out there and win. That's nice. That's not the world that we live in. 
It's not the world that we live in right now. The Lakers need other teams around them to lose games just as they need to win games. And so we're going to continue keeping an eye on it. That, I think it adds a little bit more intrigue around. We're keeping an eye on stuff around the league. You pop in to a bunch of different games because they matter to the Lakers. I kind of like that aspect of it, of it too. So again, you can find that over on my X account at Trevor underscore Lane, as well as over on threads at Trevor Lane NBA. Um, thank you everybody for joining. Hopefully you do come hang out with us tonight over on playback over on uh, the YouTube channel during the game Lakers versus Knicks. No Julius Randall. Unfortunately, our old friend is hurt. Uh, he won't be playing tonight for the Knicks, but fingers crossed, hopefully LeBron and AD are able to give this one a go. Thanks again, everybody. Till next time. See ya and stay safe.